listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And what an incredible an even stupendous weekend of WrestleMania down in Dallas, AT&T Stadium, Jerry's World, home of the Dallas Cowboys. The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, returns to WWE, has a show-stealing match with Seth Rollins. We had Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling his first match in 19 years. And then we had Vince McMahon. Wow. Fitz McMahon wrestling his first match in over a decade as well. We will get into all of that and so much more with our special guests for this week. AHW All Heel Wrestling's Voice of Violence, No Chill with Phil, Phil Meyer Sr., and former WWE.com writer Jordan Gerritsen. Plus, this just in, we have another special guest who was down at WrestleMania weekend. His face was all over WWE programming on Friday night and on Saturday. He was at the Hall of Fame ceremony on Friday. He was at WrestleMania the last two days. And now he just got back home to Chicago, and we will have him on as well during our news segment. And that gentleman is CNC Destruction's own Cody James. We'll be right back in just a moment with Cody James, and then eventually with No Chew with Phil and Jordan Gerritsen. Stay tuned! Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. Hey, it's the Cryonic Redneck Coldstone Tim Boston, CS underscore Tim Boston on social media. And when I'm not scooping, when I'm not wrestling, I'm listening to Windy City Slam. Give me a, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Welcome back to Windy City Slam podcast. And before we get to our special guests for this week, no chill with Phil Phil Meyer Sr. and Jordan Gerritsen, plus a special drop-in from CNC Destruction's Cody James. Let's get into some local independent wrestling. This past Saturday night, April the 2nd, it was Power Entertainment's April Foolishness back at their home base at the American Legion in Fox Lake. And here are the results from Saturday night's show. In the POW Midwest Championship match, Rough Crossing with Tiny, defended the championship by defeating Matteo Valentine, who was subbing for Vic Capri. And after the match, Rough Crossing issued an open challenge for 
Powell's show on May 7th, and that'll be back in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin at Rumpel's. Then we had IPA's Meat Hooks O'Bannon defeating Tommy McCobb for the POW Tag Team Championship. Revolution, Jimmy Blaze and Eric Freedom retained their titles when their match with the Bad Ombre Cartel ended in a double countout. So obviously, Revolution and the BHC far from finished with their little dispute. BOW defeated Axel Abrao. Then we had Kazile defeating Kevin O'Reilly. And then after the match, Tommy McCobb and Kazile tried to fork Kevin. And then Meat Hooks O'Bannon came out to make the save and clear the ring. And finally, in the main event, the POW heavyweight champion Scott Spade retained the title over Southland Championship Wrestling's Max Holiday after Holiday low blowed Spade right in front of the referee, causing a disqualification. Coming up this weekend in local Chicagoland wrestling, the biggest show of the weekend in my eyes is Rocket Pro Wrestling, Saturday night, April the 9th, spring break at St. Joseph Park in Joliet. Here are the matches on that card. Six-man tag match, the Kings of the Six, Skylar Reed and Devin August, and Kevin Cade as well, taking on the threesome of those damn Coyotes, Wild Child Carter Hopkins, the Wicked Side Brooks Burner, and Damian Deshane. Then we have Just Amazing versus The Ryan Matthews. Outer Limits Championship Triple Threat Match, the champion, Gunner Brave, takes on Jake Painter and Aaron Stone, in which should be a damn good, incredibly athletic match between three great young talents. And Gunner Brave was a recent guest right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Check out the archives to listen to Gunner Brave on the show. Five-man scramble. I'm really excited about this match. The winner becomes the new number one contender for the Rocket Pro Championship. Veteran Shogun Chris Logan. Cody James making his Rocket Pro debut. Quinn Wittick. The mercenary Garrison Creed. And Chicagoland veteran and fan favorite Grin. That should be really, really awesome. Then, for the Rocket Pro Championship, and this is part of a double main event, the champion, Old Evil Christian Rose, defends against former champion all day, Marche Rocket. And for the Rocket Pro Tag Team Championships, the Idols Challenge, no coast for those belts. Also this weekend coming up, Saturday, April the 9th, Southland Championship Wrestling presents Rockin' Wrestling at Steam Hollow Brewing in Mantino. Also Saturday night, April 9th, ARW presents High Energy at the American Legion Post in Lake Station, Indiana. And then also Saturday night, April the 9th, PWX presents Turbulence at Streeter High School in Streeter. All right, let's get to WrestleMania weekend And one of the biggest shows down in Texas prior to WrestleMania was Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. That was Friday night in Garland, Texas. And this is the first show booked by AEW and ROH owner Tony Khan. The winner-takes-all match to determine the undisputed Ring of Honor champion goes to Jonathan Gresham when he defeats Bandito, who had Chavo Guerrero Jr. in his corner. And in the match that everybody's talking about, 
the ROH World Tag Team Championship, FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler become the new champions by defeating the Briscoe brothers, Jay and Mark, in an A-plus match. Everybody's talking about this one. Check it out if you have not yet already. And then we had Swerve Strickland defeating Alex Zane. Jay Lethal defeats Lee Moriarty. For the ROH Pure Championship, Wheeler Yuta defeats Josh Woods for that title. And an interesting side note to that match, Josh Woods was supposed to defend that title at CSW's Bad Friday, coming up in just a couple of weeks against Jax Johnson. Not sure what's going to happen with that now. I guess we'll have to check with Steve Boz to see what's going on there. But as they say in the wrestling business, cards subject to change. And as I say, stay tuned. Then we have the interim ROH women's title. Mercedes Martinez defeats Willow Nightingale to win that title. Tully Blanchard surprises, brings out Brian Cage. He defeats Ninja Mac. And now this isn't the first time that people in this area have seen Brian Cage and Ninja Mac. They had a match, I believe it was last summer, at Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series. And for the ROH TV title, Minoru Suzuki defeats the champion, Rhett Titus, to win the title. Also, Samoa Joe showed up at the show, and he is now signed, sealed, and delivered, and he is all elite with AEW and possibly ROH as well. All right, coming up here in a moment, special surprise guest, CNC Destruction's Cody James is going to talk about his experience down at WrestleMania weekend. All right, this week, uh, we have our guests, uh, Jordan Gerritsen and Nocho with Phil, Phil Meyer Sr. Come up in just a little bit, but we have a surprise guest. He was down in Dallas in Arlington for WrestleMania weekend for the Hall of Fame ceremony as well. He's Chicago Land professional wrestler. He's part of CNC Destruction, Cody James. Hey, Cody, how you doing? Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead and talk a little bit about your awesome weekend down <laughs> at WrestleMania. And you were all over TV uh, during the <laughs> Hall of Fame ceremony, during the first day of WrestleMania at the cricket booth with predictions and stuff like that. So tell me how this trip came about and a little bit about your experiences in Dallas. Well, as a lot of people know, I got married last September. So we never had an official honeymoon and we were supposed to go to WrestleMania 36 before the world shut down and we couldn't make it out to 37. So the stars all aligned and we ended up deciding to book for WrestleMania 38. I offered several multiple locations to take my wife and to celebrate us, but uh, she chose WrestleMania and it was super cool. So we've been looking forward to it for a very very long time. It felt like forever. Once we booked the tickets, we talked about possibly doing some shows down there, but since it was my honeymoon, felt she got all the attention um, instead of me. So it was a really good time. Uh, it all kicked off on Thursday. We flew in Thursday afternoon and we landed staying at the Fairmont where they held WrestleCon, checked into our hotel, met up with Jonah from Recap, Rewind, Relive. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've seen his YouTube shows. I think I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot of cool stuff. Um, he does some interviews um, with indie talent and then legends from the past. So, you know, it's really cool to 
watch those. Um, I did one with him and uh, Don Morocco in the middle of the shutdown of COVID. Um, so we got to meet him face to face finally. And that was really fun. We got to catch up and tell stories. Um, we had a couple drinks at our hotel bar. And yeah, we went up to WrestleCon, hung out up there for a little bit, got to see some people that we don't really get to see all that often. Got to say hey to some people we do get to see quite a bit, which was really nice to connect. And then we headed out to Fort Worth shortly after that. And we went to Billy Bob's. Uh, Stone Cold was hosting an event uh, with Reckless Kelly, a band. Oh, wow. And we ate dinner, tried the new American lager from Broken Skull Ranch. And yeah, it was really good. And we listened to some good music. And it was at the world's largest honky tonk. So they have indoor bull riding, and so many bars inside this venue, so many different stages. And we just drank and we had a good time that night. And then Ubered back to the hotel finally, got finally sat down and rested after day one after all that travel. So I tell you, uh, your wife is a keeper for uh, letting you go to <laughs> WrestleMania for your honeymoon. That's pretty darn cool. That, yeah, it's it's awesome, you know, how supportive she is. I told you that in the past. She supports this wild, crazy ride and she's all for it and she's having the time of her life on it too. So if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't have been able to do probably any of this this weekend. So it was really cool. And then uh, getting into SmackDown slash the Hall of Fame on uh, Friday night, you had a little bit of an interesting story on in how you got your tickets in, in your seats. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't really sure if we were going to go. We were back and forth on it a lot uh, ever since they announced Undertaker's induction. And it was we wanted to, but we just we didn't need to. There's so much going on could watch it on tv could have went to a nice dinner um it was her birthday was the day before too so you know we had to celebrate that as well as our honeymoon as well as wrestlemania there's so much going on this weekend to celebrate uh, we, so we were just going back and forth but you know the drinks started flowing and we said why not let's go let's go to an early dinner and let's go out and uh, see the show so watch tickets ended up finding some decent tickets uh, a little bit before the show started and yeah, I was watching it, and halfway through, we ended up getting moved up right behind commentary, which was awesome. Um, so we got to watch the second half of the show from right behind those guys, and yeah, it was it was awesome. It was such a special night, start to finish. Undertaker's speech, Shad's induction was very moving, hearing his wife speak about him. Steiner Brothers, absolutely phenomenal. And I was actually really moved by Vader's son. I thought he did a phenomenal job accepting his father's award. So that was really cool. Um, I always loved Vader. I was a big fan of him. So the Mastodon. Yes. That's a great Hall of Fame class right there uh, from top to bottom. Uh, really, really good class. And of course, The Undertaker being the yeah. of that class. So what was it like to actually be there to hear him talk? Well, as pretty much the entire world saw, it was quite emotional. <laughs> I teared up. You know, it was... It's a living legend right there. He's done so much for this business and hearing him speak and tell the stories and all the respect that he had, it was just so cool. I was, I was just taken back by everything that they gave, gave him in return for what he's done for the company for so long and what he's done for professional wrestling. And it was, it was really cool seeing him be honored last night one of the things that sticks with me so much about him is when he left WCW way back when, and they told him nobody will ever pay money to see you wrestle, you know, and he, uh, he filled 
the arena. Everybody was there for him because during the show, there was a lot of chitter chatter, you know, back and forth, back and forth. You hear the crowd talking about different things in the audience and people up and around, moving around, even during the Hall of Fame ceremony before him. But when he got on the mic and he came out, everybody stopped what they were doing. They gave him their full attention. I mean, there was a 10 minute ovation when he came out yeah. um, alone. He didn't talk. And something I told my wife is he didn't need to talk. He could have came out and said, thank you. And that would have been enough even for me, you know, I would have respected it. So to hear everything he had to say and take that all in. And he said a quote that I'm going to hold true close. You know, you want to be kind on your way up because the feet you step on, on your way up are attached to the asses. You got to kiss on your way back down. And uh, so many aspects of life that holds true, you know, just be a good person and, you know, good things will come. That was an awesome speech. Probably one of the top three of all time for WWE Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. Then you were at the, uh, the stupendous two-night spectacle known as WrestleMania. And uh, what were your seats like for that show? Uh, they were pretty good. Um, they weren't behind commentary. I don't play in the NFL, so I don't got that pull. And I'm not a movie star, so you know <laughs> those are pretty tough to get. But no, we were, uh, we were in the first set of risers off the floor and we had a really good view on camera side. So it was awesome. It was, it was amazing to see all those people in there. I was hoping they would have had more seats open and they would have broke over a hundred thousand again, like they did in, uh, 32. Yes. But, uh, they, you know, different times right now. So it makes sense. And there was still 77, one night and 78,000 the next night. So that was really cool to see all those people there for that one reason. This is our third mania we've gone to. And one of the biggest things that I try to take back from it is just how it brings everybody together from different cultures all over the world, being able to talk and interact with people and from different countries, different states and make memories with those people network. You know, you never know who you're going to meet out there just sitting in a chair watching a wrestling shows. So Saturday was really fun. Walked around the stadium quite a bit to kind of just see what it was all about because that was another big selling point for us to want to go is to just see AT&T Stadium. I mean, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So big. <laughs> we got our steps in for sure. Yeah, world's biggest jumbotron. I mean, that day places, it's huge. Oh my God, it's, gi it's ginormous. We had some we had some kids on, in front of us and they were sitting, standing on their chairs so they can see over everybody. And we just looked up and we watched the Tron and no complaints from us. It was still a good time. It's just the experience of it all. Just taking it in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's special. It, it's uh feel blessed because for some people it's a once in a lifetime thing and to be able to do it a couple of times. I mean, there's people that go every single year, but you know, to be able to do that a couple of times in a lifetime, it's special. And, I can't wait to take my kids and get a little bit older and uh, so they can last the entire time because yeah. it's a long show. But no, I can't wait to take both my kids out there. So it'll be a good time. Yeah. What was your favorite moment during the two nights of WrestleMania? You know, we were talking about this. It's probably Cody coming back. You know, it's I think that was a really big thing for wrestling in general for him to come back there. And everybody knew. <laughs> you know, that he was going to be there, but it was still a cool surprise. Seeing Vince and Austin in the ring last night, that was really fun. Yeah, uh, just get, got to relive, the, you know, our childhood and you know, see it one more time and see them go back to back and see Vince McMahon 
sell that stunner only how he could, you know? <laughs> Horribly, but yeah. <laughs> exactly, you know, for 76, 77, however old he is, yeah. he, uh, more power to him. He looked phenomenal. <laughs> you know, if I look like that at some at his age, you know, it's going to ask for anything else. Yeah. He's a, he, I swear he's, he's an Autobot rather than a human being. It's just crazy how uh, he just keeps on ticking. You know, that's what my wife said. Like he's the bionic man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm glad that you are back in town. Uh, you sounds like you had an awesome time at WrestleMania. Thanks for sharing just a little bit of your experiences with us. Absolutely. Now, uh, before we let you go, uh, you got a busy month ahead in wrestling. So uh, go ahead and run down the shows you're going to be at over the next few weeks. All right. This Saturday, I debut at Rocket Pro Wrestling in Joliet. Very excited for that. I've been talking with them for a little bit now, going back and forth, and we were able to set a date, and I cannot wait. I'm in a five-way scramble match with some really good talent. And I'm looking to stand out and make my name for myself in a different area. So it'll be a fun time down there. The 22nd, we're back at Franklin Park for Chicago Style Wrestling. CSW presents Bad Friday. So, you know, that's the home promotion and always a good time over there. The crowd's always phenomenal. So if you're in the area, check that out. April 23rd, the very next day, down in Dixon, Illinois for Zawa. And then out to Hobart, Indiana for crash tested wrestling. Wow. Same day. So it's going to be a a busy weekend, but a fun weekend for sure. And then uh, I'm actually doing a fundraiser show out in Marengo, Illinois on the 24th, the next day um, for Melson family wrestling for Frank Melson. Um, From Windy city. Yeah. So we're going to do a show out in Marengo at the high school. Uh, This should be a good time. That's an early show. That's a, 2 p.m. starts so you know all these shows will have plenty of talent amazing matches so come on out if you're in the area all right cody thank you so much for joining us you're kind of a little bit of a celebrity in these parts now from all your appearances <laughs> on wwe programming the last few days right hopefully uh, i can uh hopefully i can get on the other side of the barricade one day <laughs> that would be cool all right cody you take care thanks mike you too Always good to talk to Cody James. He had a hell of a time. He was just all over WWE programming over the weekend. As a fan, you can check him out at numerous shows around the Chicagoland area over the next few weeks. Cody's a good dude, even if he plays a bad guy in the ring most of the time. Check him out. Support him. Support Cody James. Support CNC Destruction and support the companies that he works for. All right, and in a few moments, we will talk to Nocho with Phil, Phil Meyer Sr. and Jordan Gerritsen about WrestleMania. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com.
All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast. It was a stupendous two-night WrestleMania. Plus, we had NXT stand and deliver. We had the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony with The Undertaker going in and being enshrined and immortalized. Great weekend down in Jerry's world. And we're going to run it back like we did for the Royal Rumble. Joining us as special guests, All Heel Wrestling's Voice of Violence, No Chill with Phil, Phil Meyer Sr., and former WWE.com writer, Jordan Garrison. Guys, how are you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm good. How are you? Excellent. I'm ready to talk some WrestleMania. It's, Dude, it's the Wrestle, so the yeah. WrestleMania hangover is in, is in full effect in a good way. Oh, yes. You know, it's oh, just... Yes. It's such a weekend of fun and, and highs, and then you're just trying to catch your breath. But hey, we got uh, you know, Raw starting in 90 minutes, so I'm sure we'll, you know, <laughs> there'll be even more stuff to talk about after that. But yeah, thanks oh, yeah. for having us back, Mike. Super jacked up to, to break it down with you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's um, before we get deep into WrestleMania, uh, let's real quick talk about. The Undertaker going into WWE Hall of Fame. Now, was this something you guys expected in terms of the long speech that he had? I mean, obviously he he talked a lot more during the last ride documentary and stuff like that, but this was a guy that protected his character close to the vest his entire career, rarely spoke except for the time that he really was the uh, American badass type character where he kind of broke away from the traditional old school Undertaker. But were you guys a little surprised that he had the long speech? Not at all. Not at all. You got to keep in mind, 32 years with WWE. 32 years. Came out, what was that, Survivor Series 1990? Yes. 32 years. And like you said, this is a guy that played his character to the vest from to like Regis and Kathy Lee and other TV shows. You always saw Undertaker. You never saw Mark Calloway. You never saw him. So, I, yo, I'm actually, I wasn't surprised at all that his speech was that long. And it was really good. It was really good. Yeah, I think he's been waiting, as, as Phil said, for 30 years to act like a normal person. And that's probably <laughs> got to be, you know, pretty refreshing at, at this point, because uh, to Phil's point, he really did. No one protect their character more. And, and he was kind of the last vestige of that old school kayfabe all the time mentality. So he's probably just enjoying it and, you know, being at, being a little bit vulnerable and being a bit more human. Which is which is cool to see for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Hall of Fame class was terrific from top to bottom. You had Undertaker, you had Vader, you had the Steiner brothers, Queen Charmel, who was kind of cool to go in, uh, the region, Gary, Indiana. So almost a Chicago connection there. And yep. then we had the Warrior Award, which went to Shad Gaspard. And that was a really, really touching moment. The fact that he went out, saved his son, unfortunately got taken away by the current. And uh, sad story, but at least it kind of warmed our hearts to see WWE acknowledge the kind of person that Shad Gaspard was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said, Mike, an amazing Hall of Fame. I felt it was a little short, though. Like, was, was I the only one? Like, I kind of wanted more from everyone else, too. Yeah. 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 
the thing with the Friday SmackDown now being live on Fox and then the two night WrestleMania, and you're trying to shoehorn in the NXT show. So something had to take a hit. And unfortunately, I think the hall of fame kind of was the recipient of that because in past years, it'd be three to four hours. We only got about two hours in like 20 minutes following like a little bit of a, a, a kickoff show following SmackDown after the stage transition. And so, I'll yeah. say I, appreci- I, I actually appreciate it. Cause I think you give, you give a little bit more shine to those people that are going in as opposed to you're rushing through a speech and a speech. And then inevitably somebody's speech drags on way longer than you thought it would. And then it gets kind of boring. And it then, you know, but, it, it, exactly. Not to name any names, but Mr. T. <laughs> um, and then at the end, you know, you know, at the, uh, end of the uh, show by the time you get to a headliner, you know, the, the crowd can be kind of gone. So I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world, you know, and, and I, and I'm sure um, with it being undertaker, uh, I'm sure they wanted to give him a little bit more shine than maybe, you know, a normal headliner. So, but as you said, Absolutely. they just pack so many things now into this weekend. It's, it, it's unreal. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that hall of fame. I thought, the Undertaker having that longest speech by far kind of made him stand out. And, and a lot of people say, oh, maybe the Undertaker just is going by himself. I mean, this kind of was almost by himself. I mean, yeah, not to take away from the other members of the class. But, yeah, I think they did it the, the right way now that you mentioned that, Jordan. So good point. All right. Uh, any opinions on NXT standing the lever before we get into WrestleMania? I thought it was a good show. I thought, I thought that was an excellent springboard into mania. You know, um, I'm, I'm sharing with Mike earlier, I had my boys this weekend, so I was kind of back and forth between bottle warmers and diapers and wipes and toys. But being able to watch it, it was like an excellent springboard into mania. Like, I I, I wouldn't even say it was, it was, it was better than the pre-show, you know, because it's kind of like, you know, like the pre-show kind of drag and it's like, Okay, why are why are we doing this? You know, why is Saga slot around here? So I thought it was an excellent catapult into actual main. Yeah. Absolutely. The um I, I know it's the black and gold era has been gone for a while now, but I feel like this is kind of officially closing the books on that. You know, with Tommaso Ciampa's farewell, you had a couple other kind of uh old NXT stalwarts still hanging around, but at the same time, you know, you had new people elevated and new people featured. So I thought it was really kind of, uh, you know, in terms of a big event, it was really kind of a passing of the torch moment for NXT. And, you know, there, there's been some floundering since they've changed from black and gold, but I think they find, they found a little bit of a solid footing now. And, you know, that was the first time they've had a, a show in a big venue like that since the change. And uh, by all accounts, I think everybody mm-hmm. knocked it out of the park. So that was the, I mean, that was the biggest showcase of, um, a lot of those younger talents career up to this point. And no, I'd say they crushed it. Surprised yeah. by uh, Dolph Ziggler's retention of the NXT championship over Braun Breaker. <sighs> Not really. No, no, no. I just, <laughs> it does make you, it makes Dolph. you, it makes you wonder, right. If they have, if they have other plans for Braun, yeah, you know that that factor exactly. that decision is is he going to the main roster already? I, I do think he's special, although that would give me a little pause. Like that would be very very quick. Um, but it's also nice to see Dolph get a bit of a, you know, kind of get his flowers at, at at some point. This is a guy who's it's I can't believe he's been there as long as he has been now. Right? It's got to be yes. you know about seventeen years or so since he's been in that company. He's 
you know, the, the wily veteran, which just sounds weird to say. And we probably never thought we'd see him get his acclaim in this capacity with an NXT title run. But I think it's, it's a, it's a really cool thing to see him kind of featured and, and get a moment to shine. Cause he has had a great career and he's probably going to be one of those guys that we're going to look back on years from now and say, you know, he was probably underappreciated in, in the moment when he was, when he was wrestling. Definitely. Definitely agree. Yeah. Some bullet points uh, from my opinion for stand and deliver. I like Cameron Grimes winning. I thought it was a cool story. Him having to win the last chance match then winning the five-man ladder match for the North NXT North American title. And he did it for his dad, who um, who was really a big fan of his growing up. And he wanted to have his dad there, but unfortunately he had passed early. And it was kind of a cool moment. But I think Carmelo Hayes is going to be a big-time superstar down the line, whether he stays in NXT or moves up to the main roster. Also, Tony D'Angelo, Powell Entertainment's own from the Chicago area, getting the big victory over Tommaso Ciampa. I love the character. I think he's got a a high ceiling as a talent in WWE. And Cora Jade, somebody who I actually got to know over the last few years. She's been down there for a little over a year. Little disappointed. She kind of got muddled in with the four-way for the women. But she had a good performance as well. And I was a little surprised that Mandy actually came out of there as still the champion. I, I just to, to piggyback on your point about Cora Jade, I it's scary how good she is already. Um, she's still got a lot of potential and a lot of ways to go, but what she's 21, 22 years old and to already be doing things as, as smoothly and as well as she is, she's going to have plenty more chances, you know, to your point to, to kind of get a showcase one-on-one match. That's a, that's a future, not just NXT women's champion, but probably raw or SmackDown women's champion down the road. So she's just it's very not impressive. It's not yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. Any other thoughts on NXT before we move on to the two night stupendous event that is WrestleMania? Let's get to the granddaddy. Let's do it. All right. Let's rock (laughs) and roll. Get to the grand stage of them all. Yes. Let's take a, let's take a look at night one, shall we? Um, Obviously I totally skipped over WrestleMania Friday where my, one of my least favorite characters, Mad Cat Moss, ended up winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Now, I swear the guy, he like hornswoggle. Is he Vince McMahon's illegitimate son? I mean, this guy <laughs> just keeps getting pushed. <laughs> Do we even need to talk about it, Mike? Let's just pretend like it didn't even happen. Well, you know, I think I just... <laughs> most, people, most people probably didn't even realize it happened. So, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, right, yeah. Let's, it, let's it, get it I don't one. think a lot of people did, yeah. Let's get it into is. night one and what the highlights of night one were. Obviously, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, comes back with his AEW music, with the little uh, the entrance that he had there, too, uh, the harken back to AEW. The blonde hair, the Nightmare Factory tattoo on his neck, obviously. And he had a show-stealing match with Seth Rollins. Yes. It was kind of expected, but at the same time, it was still somewhat of a great surprise to see them being, see him being trumpeted out with his AEW stuff. It's Cody's time. It's definitely Cody's time. Him and Seth, I would even almost go out on a limb and say match of the night. Cause they put on a clinic. They definitely put on a clinic. <clears throat> Cody looked phenomenal. I mean, granted, it's not like he didn't perform just that long ago at AEW. But Cody looked great. He was on point. Seth looked really good. They were like neck and neck. They were like matched. Like, ah, I know that counter. I know that counter. Phenomenal return. Phenomenal return with Cody. Loved it. 
I'll be honest. I've, I've haven't always been the biggest Cody guy, just more around his character work and some of the kind of missteps in AEW, but in general, I think he's super talented. And he, I think for at least one night, you could argue he was the biggest star in the business on, on, on Saturday night. I mean, that pop he got when the music hit, you know, like you said, Mike, everybody kind of knew, but we didn't know for sure. There's yeah. always a chance of a disappointment. And then when that music started playing and you knew for sure, I mean, the crowd was electric. And for me, that was the match, uh, arguably of the weekend for me. I mean, I was, I was more locked into that. Everyone, uh, every step, every beat, it was perfectly paced, perfect timing. They, you know, even though we all probably thought Cody was going to win, they still kind of made you doubt it at, at, at sometimes that, that Seth might end up going over. Um, tremendous match, tremendous moment. And that's what WrestleMania is about at the end of the day, that, that Cody return, that, that pop, that entrance, that was everything. And then to follow it with a tremendous match. And can we also just give Seth Rollins some credit? Because for Absolutely. my money, might be a hot take, but he's been doing the best. I mean, we talked about this when, when we broke down the rubble too, after his match with Roman. But for my money, he might be the best in the world right now. So if you talk about in-ring work and character, I don't know if there's anybody doing it all better. So agreed. I really love yeah. Seth. Yeah. Also, um, back to Cody real quick. Uh, in AEW, here's my personal opinion of Cody Rhodes, probably the best storyteller in ring in AEW. He had those great feuds and matches with like MJF, even the Sean Spears feud, and some of the oh. other matches that he had were, were really well done. Uh, Cody's psychology in the ring is top notch. And I just think, for whatever reason, he had a little bit of a, I don't, I don't want to say falling out with Tony, but I, I just think maybe he was a little underappreciated for all the different hats that that guy wore in AEW. And now that he's, he's going back to WWE and maybe finally Vince is going to appreciate what Cody brings to the table. If he didn't already before, you know, with some of the silliness that he had to endure in his first run there. And I think that what you said, Mike, I think that might be the overall case because you look at a lot of these wrestlers that have left or retired, and they always say, like, how they wanted to kind of impress Vince McMahon, make that lasting impression. And as you look at some of the, the, the goofy Stardust gimmick, and it's like, yo, this dude can work. Why put him in Stardust? Yeah. I think him leaving showed Vince what he missed out on. And like you said, Mike, with all the hats that he wore at AEW with, with, uh, with, with wrestling and storytelling and all the behind-the-scenes stuff and recruitment, like, yo, it's, that's a lot of weight to carry. That's yeah. a lot of weight to carry. And I think, he's, I think he's just trying to show himself that he can do it. You give me the ball, coach, I'm going to score the touchdown. I think that's what he's trying to show me. He, he said it himself. He went out and be, he became undeniable, and that's what he is. I mean, that, that's what – that's what the reaction said on Saturday night. He, you could not deny that. And he's, I think he's talked about this too. Um, it was probably necessary for him to just go out on his own. Um, you know, he grew up in WWE. He was probably seen as just Dusty's kid for the longest time. Yep. He had to go out and, and create his own persona and, and, and become a star on his own which he yeah. did. And he gained that legitimacy, you know, and I, I, I think became a star and, and Vince's eyes and just in the world of, or in the eyes of wrestling fans uh, around the world. And now he is uh, a top guy, you know, yeah. that is, that is absolutely undeniable. And you know what, Jordan, too, you, you made a great point. Dusty's kid, 
Dustin's brother. You know, so he was in the shadow of two giants. I mean, Dusty Rhodes, the natural gold dust. You know, it's kind of like for him to break out of that shadow and carve his own lane, and now him being undeniable, that's a lot of work to do. That's a lot and of work I'm, to do. And I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, obviously, you know, we're, we're talking about this on Monday a little bit before Raw. He's supposed to be on Raw. We'll see where they go with it. You know, that's the thing. I don't, not to put a damper on it already, but that's always the thing with WWE, right? It's the big moment and then the follow through kind of, you know, might miss the mark. Let's hope that's not the case, but I'm, e- I'm eager, you know, I mean, that, that crowd's going to be raucous, um, but I'm just excited to see what he can do. And I think quite frankly, from a wrestling perspective and his style and his character, you know, you talked about his storytelling, Mike, he, he kind of fits the WWE style just, just a little bit better than kind of what AEW is known for. All right, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the women's action on night one. We had Bianca Belair defeating Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, but we had Charlotte Flair retaining over Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So <laughs> you guys' opinions on the two women's matches on the night? Jordan, you go first, brother. Well, it's a, it's a tale of two cities here, right? I mean... Uh, <laughs> You know, you talked about Cody and Seth probably being matched the night, though, which I would agree. But, I mean, you could split hairs with people all day because I, I'm Becky and Bianca got a lot of praise, and rightfully so, and you could argue that was match of the weekend as well. I mean, what more can you say about Bianca Belair at this point? You know, to, it, it, she's probably in rarefied air already that she's had uh, match of the weekend at Mania two years in a row, or at least in the conversation. Not many people could say that especially women. She might be the first woman that's been able to say that in WWE. And last year going up against Sasha, that was obviously an instant classic, but um, Mm -hmm. she also, um, I want to say the pressure was probably a little lower last year just because it was kind of expected, you know, that Sasha was the veteran, Sasha would carry her there. And now it's like, okay, we've seen what you can do this year. Like we're expecting you to show out too. And she did. And, and, and Becky did her part as well. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's crazy how good she already is. As far as Charlotte and Ronda go, I thought it was okay. I don't think it was as bad as probably most people thought it would be, but I just, it was a very cold program coming in. The story was not very mm-hmm. compelling. I was not invested in either character. I think they were both miscast. You know, Ronda just is not a great, baby face to me I think she's got a lot of natural heel tendencies and, and Charlotte has some of those too so like that that's kind of butting heads against each other I thought the match was fine but um I don't really know where you go with Ronda Rousey and, and WWE from here so that'll be interesting to see and the finish was a little convoluted as well yes was. yeah 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 okay so Bianca and Becky Bravo, bravo. Excellent match. It was such the tug and pull where you were where 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 you were like, yo, she won. Oh, 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 that was a two. That was a two. You know, <laughs> it was so many of those moments where you were invested. I'm super happy for Bianca. Like you said, it's a lot of people that can step up to the plate once. Okay, that, that was luck. Twice, okay, she got something. Bianca has stepped up on so many levels just from NXT coming up to the main card. Same with Becky. They put on an amazing match. 
I'm in full agreement with Jordan where it was kind of like, you know, with Charlotte and Ronda, it was it was just the program. Like the attacks on Raw and SmackDown were funny, but but yeah. And and I was sharing with Mike earlier. What happened? <laughs> I what happened? How did how did Charlotte pull that off? Like I blinked and it was like, and still this champ. Like it was whatever happened happened so quick. So like was it the screw job tactic? What was it? What was it? Yeah, I believe Charles Robinson got bumped, or it was a spear from Charlotte into Charles Robinson, I believe. My memory's a little hazy on that. It's just- the fact <laughs> that the fact that we can't recall is is a bad side, right? That's <laughs> that's an indictment of of the match. I just think it's when you think about all the other moments that happened this weekend that were great. It's uh-huh. just going to be that match is just going to be kind of forgotten and and lost in the shuffle, mm-hmm. and it's probably, you know, it's probably best that way. It's 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 a disappointment, but hey, that's the direction that they went and. It fell flat, which is crazy because that was slated to be the main event. Obviously, something else became the main event. We'll get to that in just a second. I want to mention one other thing before we get to that said main event. The Miz and Logan Paul defeating Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Logan Paul, the first of the uh, celebrity involvement of the weekend, actually was pretty solid. What do you guys think? I love he it. wasn't he wasn't bad bunny good, but he was solid. He, he, I think, um, obviously, Bad Bunny blew everybody away with, you know, all the trading he did, busting out a Canadian destroyer. But in terms of just getting what, like, pro wrestling is and the energy and understanding being a heel, like, that right there. Logan Paul had that probably because he is a heel in real life. But, I mean, he was just in the moment and he was thriving on it. I'm, I'm sure he had to do some research or whatever. Obviously, someone showed him Eddie Guerrero because – he had seen it at some point, but yep. trolling with the Eddie Guerrero stuff and the execution <laughs> of that showed off a little bit of athleticism. Um, that match was a lot of fun, and I, 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 I dare anyone to say that it didn't defy their expectations because I don't know how, how you could have expected anything more from that. Um, and, and really the first of, uh, I guess, three great celebrity matches on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I have a newfound appreciation for Paul. Because he did not take it lightly. You can tell. He prepped. He worked. We've seen some celebrities kind of get in like, eh, and not, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's pro wrestling. And no, no, no. You can tell he trained. You can definitely tell he put in some work. You got to be all in and you got to respect it. Right. And it shows. Absolutely. You can tell, Absolutely. you can tell who does and who doesn't, who thinks it's a joke. Absolutely. And, and also who doesn't want to embarrass themselves. Right. I mean, you got so many eyes on you, like you want to look mm-hmm. good too. And, and, and he did. And I'm sure based on um, that aftermath of the Miz, I'm sure we'll see him again at some point. Crazy. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. All right, and then what became the main event segment, the KO show with Kevin Owens with special guest Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, a special guest who comes out with jean shorts and knee braces. I mean, the second I saw the knee braces, like, oh, something's going down. Shit's going down. We're going to have a match. And sure enough, we did. And it was awesome to see them fight all over the arena. Stone Cold even took some bumps, hit the stunner at the end, made everybody go home happy. So your guys' thoughts on that? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Not referencing AJ Styles. 
phenomenal. Stone Cold still has it. He looked good to be away from the ring for 19 years, ladies and gentlemen. 19 years. He looked good with the bumps that he took where he was giving it and take. I mean, like on concrete. Stone Cold looked really good. Owens looked amazing as well. I mean, like Owens sold it. They both sold it. It was phenomenal to see them two in action. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. There are some talents just that just have this natural ability despite physical limitations and they just have a connection with the crowd and that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, you get the glass shattering. We didn't know what we were going to see. As soon as we started to realize we were going to get a match, I mean, come on, how could you not be into it? It's, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin in his first match in, in 19 years. And I, you know, I felt like a kid again watching that. And, and as you said, Phil, but some of the bumps he's taken, the suplex on concrete, are you kidding, man? You're insane. And, and, and you just, you, you realize how much, not, we, we already did, but you truly appreciated how much Stone Cold loved the business. And he wanted yes. to put on a performance that he could be proud of because you know he wasn't going to come out there and half-ass it. And then, I mean, I was super happy for Kevin Owens. I mean, if you were to say 10 years ago that a guy named Steph, Kevin Steen was going to main event WrestleMania, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, nobody would ever believe you. Vince McMahon wouldn't have believed you, that's for sure. Right. That, that, yeah. the, chubby, the chubby guy in the T-shirt, you think I'm putting him on last on my show? No way, pal. But yeah, obviously, no yeah. you know, it, it, and, and kind of similar to Cody in a much different way, he's become undeniable, and he's become their most dependable utility player. In any spot you put him in, you can count on him to come through. If you need him to do comedy stuff, if you need him to be a babyface, you need him to be a heel, if you need him to hold a title run, I hope he gets another shot to – to hold a title, but I'm sure that was a great, uh, a dream come true for him. I mean, to, to close out WrestleMania against one of your idols, you know, and in front of a crowd like that, I don't think it can get any better. So, um, awesome moment. Dude, I, Jordan, Mike, it was one, it, it was fandom pandemonium at its highest. Strong, there was no era like that attitude era. There was no era like it. And arguably, Stone Cold is on the Mount Rushmore of that wrestling genre of the Attitude Era, hands down. Like you said, I went back to like eighth grade feel with my kids, like, oh, Stone Cold! It was, it was love, man. And it goes to show, it goes to show that a lot of these wrestlers that we love and hold dear, how serious they take this business. They will give they they put it all on the line, be it be it Taker, be it Triple H, be it Austin, be it whoever, be it uh, Jericho. You look at a lot a lot of these older wrestlers that still got it, and it's like, well, maybe you might want to retire. They still put it all on the line for the love of the business and for people like us, for fans like us. It's amazing. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Couldn't have asked for anything more. I mean, we saw a Stone Cold match in, in the year 2022. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, it doesn't doesn't get any better. Amazing Beautiful stuff. Yes. And speaking of Kevin Owens, yes, I, I love the fact that Kevin Owens had a chance to main event at WrestleMania. That was so cool. And to kind of segue off Kevin Owens, his longtime friend, his longtime enemy, we're going into night two now. Sammy Zayn <laughs> versus Johnny Knoxville. And I just thank the Lord. 
that the Intercontinental title was taken by Ricochet off of Sami Zayn because we'd be talking about the new Intercontinental champion, Johnny Knoxville, right now. But it was a fun match for what it was. You know, a lot of jackass stunts. Uh, Wee Man kind of reminded me a little bit of Hornswoggle and, and Beetlejuice from Howard Stern back in the day, if you remember Beetlejuice and WCW. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a goofy match. And then Mark Henry, May Young's uh, kid, the giant hand, make their WrestleMania debut. <laughs> so, but yeah, a lot, lot to laugh about. It is total Vince McMahon humor. But um, yeah, I had fun with it. I mean, it, not not a, a technical masterpiece by any means, but it was fun. And shout out to Wee Man for the scoop slam on Sami Zayn. Did you get that? <laughs> I swear, I thought it was going to tip over. I thought it was going to bump, but to see beautifully, execute. beautifully executed, clean, clean form. Bravo. Bravo. I mean, much like, much like we talked about Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn has become one of these utility guys. It's funny. We talk about mm-hmm. a guy who was such an indie darling, and now he's one of the best kind of comedy workers of the game. And when you're going to have a show that's all weekend, two nights like that, you know, not everything is going to be a work rate, you know, 25, 30 minute you know, amazing technical spots and, and athletic prowess. You need, you need variety and you need something silly and stupid. And I thought it was perfect. I mean, that was one of the most oh, entertaining yeah. matches of the weekend for me. It was a spectacle, you know, it was absurd. Oh, yeah. And the fact that Sami Zayn was, is talented enough to, you know, carry Johnny Knoxville through a, I mean, that had to be over a 10 minute match and, <laughs> and, it, and not miss a beat. I mean, that, that's a credit to him. I thought, I thought it was a blast. It was, I was just laughing. I was like, this is the damnedest wrestling match I've, I've ever seen, but I, but I loved it. And you know what else too? I'm willing to go out on the limb here guys and say, Sammy Zayn. we can almost put him almost in the same category as Dolph where he's underappreciated. He's so good at just being a jerk. He's so good at the goofy, silly, slimy car salesman guy. But you cannot deny his in-ring talent. You can't. And this is a guy that's been doing it for however many years now. Sammy looked really... Sammy carried the entire jackass team from Chris Pontius to Knoxville to Wee Man to Jasper and his dad, to whoever else was in there. That was awesome. And it was great to kind of break up the the serious monotony of, I'm going to get you, brother, and oh, I'm going to get you, brother. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I enjoyed that one. And one thing about Sami Zayn, I was telling my good buddy, Jay, who I watched most of the WWE pay-per-views with, if you told me a couple of years ago that Sami Zayn would be one of the best heels in WWE, I would have thought you were crazy. This was a, a guy who was a white knee baby face. He was the El Generico character in ROH. He was kind of that underdog mentality guy that came through NXT, won the NXT title, turned heel, and he's been absolutely terrific. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, you, you talk about a guy in his NXT run. I, I was like, this guy is like the next Daniel Bryan, white knee baby face. And you know, since he's been a heel, I'd say he's been even better as yeah. a heel, which is which is amazing yeah. and a credit to him. And he's he does a great job, I think, of blending just he he's a great modern wrestler in the ring, but he gives me very old school 80s heel vibes, you know, just 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 the classic moments and a classic performance um last night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, now moving on to the disappointment of that night, uh, probably the biggest disappointment, 
of, of night two was the New Day against Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Now, this yeah. is probably going to be a six-man tag with Big E before the bad injury and Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunne. But it was a minute 40. It's a match, I think, that got bumped from the first night to the second. And they gave him, like, no time. And Kofi Kingston, we had Kofi Mania three years ago, and now they're jobbing out in a minute and a half. It, it kind of sad, really. I mean, I almost wish the match was not even on and just on SmackDown because they probably would have gotten better rub there. Agree. Uh, my, I agree with you totally. A minute, what was it? A minute 47? Minute 40? A minute 40 is what it said on Wikipedia. Yeah. I guess a, you, a minute 40. You guys could have kept that. Like, that wouldn't even be SmackDown worthy. Or if it was, have a three on two handicap match. Like, it, 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 it was, it was, it, it wasn't WrestleMania worthy. It wasn't WrestleMania worthy. They could have moved it to tonight, you know, something. I think but it was with, just a snake bit from the big, you know, the big E injury. Mm-hmm. Just so, so unfortunate. Like you said, Mike, we were probably going to see a six man. And then, you know, once that kind of ruined the plan, it, it clearly became not a priority. And yeah. I think the best and the worst thing that ever happened in the new days, they basically became bulletproof in WWE. And when that happens, it's great because you're always over, but it's also bad because they will beat you at any moment because you're always going to be over. And that's something that we saw there last night. I mean, these are guys that haven't had, you know, outside of Kofi's run and Biggie's kind of disappointing WWE title run that we talked about, no fault of his own. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're stars and they, they, they bring people out to, to, to see them, but it, it's clear that, you know, it's not – in terms of them actually getting wins and kind of big moments, it's like that that ship seems like it's sailed, you know? Yeah. yeah, and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But they've had a hell of a run, too. I mean, in this day and age, for what? It's been seven, eight years since those guys got together and for it to still be entertaining and not feel stale, you know, that's a credit to them. But, yeah, obviously a bummer to see, yeah. you know, especially Kofi, like you said, somebody who's been at the company for so long get relegated to a – a sub two minute match that really has no business in a mania card. It, uh, it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. Maybe he needs to go to AEW for two or three years and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> that seems, that seems to be the trend. I don't know, but that, that seems to be the trend. Like, uh, I want to mention this before we get into a couple of the other matches. I'm not to bury the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match. Uh, very glad to see Sasha Banks and Naomi win those titles. I like that duo. It was a very fun match. Uh, going back to Team Bad from a few years ago, those two, along with Tamina, I thought when they came together, I'm like, they were destined to become champions, and sure enough, they did. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's good to see Naomi's been with the business for X amount of years. Same with it's good to see them wearing different hats in different areas and being tag team champs and singles competitors and tag competitors. It's good all around. I like what they're doing. Uh, Selena Vega and 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 um, Carmella, come out. They look great. Like all the teams look great. Like you said, Mike, that was a fun match. That was a fun, fast pace. Oh, 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 you know, it was it was an excellent match. It's an excellent match. It was really well put together. Good pace, like you said. All four teams looked 
looked good. I thought they gave spots for all the women to shine. And it's hard to put those matches together in 10 minutes when you're trying to get eight people some, some shine. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's hard to not make it feel rushed. But Sasha Banks finally gets her first WrestleMania win, which feels bizarre to say. But, you know, that's yeah. awesome to see. And then I think, you know, I think Sasha and, and Naomi, hopefully they can breathe some fresh life into the women's tag division because it's certainly a division that's been on the back burner um, almost the whole time since they introduced the titles. But I think that team has some staying power. And then you know what's going to happen eventually. Sasha's going to do what she does. She's going to turn She's going to turn on Naomi. Oh, yeah. So that's something to oh, look yeah. forward to. That's something to yeah, look forward to yeah, in the future. And those two will have great. They'll have great matches with each other down the road whenever that happens, too. So I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The boss. Yeah, it feels well. Let's go. And then we rewind a little bit to the first match of night two, the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Riddle retained the titles over the Street Profits and Alpha Academy in a really, really fun opener. What do you guys feel about that? <laughs> that, was, that was another good match that was nonstop. Nonstop. I loved the sportsmanship from the Street Profits to RK Bro. I love that. Call me a sucker for happy endings. I just, I just like it's classy. It's classy. I love saying that. And it was a good match. It was a good match all around. Perfect opener, right? It's you know, I mean, how, how what's a better way to get the crowd going for night two than bringing out Randy Orton and Riddle to start it? I mean, that's like kind of the perfect opening act, and then. You have four other great talents in the Street Profits, and uh, Chad Gable and Otis have just been doing tremendous work for several yes. months now. Gable is turning into a star and, and, and probably a bigger star than I think a lot of people thought that he was kind of capable of obtaining just because of his size limitations, but mm-hmm. he is just entertaining every time he's out there. You can't deny that. And, um, you know, I think everybody is – constantly with RK bro, all the speculation and the talk online seems to center on when are they going to break up? Is this going to be the night? But sometimes <laughs> you just got to sit back and, and enjoy it and appreciate it while we still have it. Cause we're going to miss it when it's gone. And they, they've really found lightning in a bottle when they got those two together. And it's been, I mean, just too much fun. And you can see it. You can see it in Orton's face, you know, that that's, it's gotta be yes. some of the most fun that he's had in his career. And I think it's a lot of fun to, see a guy who you know sometimes has kind of a surly reputation to, to see him really enjoying himself and being happy and they're i mean they're both great performers and they're doing great work so to see the viper laughing joking almost almost breaking character on occasion to laugh with matt riddle or riddle is amazing I like seeing Randy Orton. He he's still very much the Viper. He's still very much the Viper. But I love seeing him kind of have fun with it. You know, I think it's dope. Like RK Bro, I hope they don't dismember it too soon. I'm 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 loving the momentum that it has going. I'm I'm here for it, man. I'm here for RK Bro. I'm here for there's, it. There's still plenty of juice there. I, I think they got yes. three more months left in it before they pull the plug, but you never know. I'm sure they're ready to just jab the stick through our heart at, at, at any moment. And that'll be a moment when it when it happens. Because if there's one thing that WWE is good at, it's, it's usually, you know, those those breaking up tag teams <laughs> and stable moments. So many classic ones over the years. But they're, they're just too much fun together right now. Here's something yeah. that would be absolutely different. 
Matt Riddle or Riddle is the one that breaks the team up. He screws Randy somehow. Like the Shawn Michaels out of nowhere on Marty Jannetty. I mean, <laughs> Matt Riddle's the one that turns him. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it just because obviously the conventional wisdom is Randy's the Viper. When's he going to turn? Mm. But I think that would be the way to make it truly shocking and memorable. Obviously, it's risky because people love Riddle. But I think, and if you look back to his NXT days and some of his indie days, he has a, he's got a tendency to show a little bit of heel fire in matches. I mean, that guy gets mm-hmm. vicious when he gets locked in. If he becomes a killer, it could be good. Um, yeah. I don't know if it yeah. would happen, but I would love to see it, Mike. It'd be interesting. Yep, it'd be different. Yes. And uh, speaking of juice, now, this match had some juice for me. Edge and AJ Styles, and Edge wins the match. It was a hell of a match with a little bit of interference, a little bit of a distraction from Damian Priest. I'm not sure where they're going with it, but I like it. I kind of like where it's going. Look, kind of a darker edge. Now we have Damian Priest displaying his darker mm-hmm. side. Looks like we can have a nice little faction here post-WrestleMania. You guys' thoughts on the match and then the potential faction? I do the match. Uh, match of the night for night two. I mean, Edge has not lost a step. Let's be clear, people. Regardless of age and injury and surgery and coming back, Edge has not lost a step. AJ Styles look good. They both almost look like they were at their peak damn near. It was a solid match of back and forth. That was another match. Was like, oh, oh, wait, was that a three count? No, it was a, it was a two. Oh, my God, that was a two. It was... If you did not get emotionally invested in this match, you're a surface level wrestling fan. <laughs> you're talking to me. I think you're talking to me, Phil, because I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm going to drink some haterade. This match didn't work. Oh. For me. And I was maybe, maybe it was a problem of going in. I expected too much. I expected an all time classic, and I was waiting for it to get to that level. And I felt like they never did. I just felt like the pacing was off. Um, I, you know, obviously there, there was a little bit of bad vibes from the start with AJ. Apparently, I don't know if you guys saw the clip, but he, he banged his head on the entrance set on his way on the way out. And that's why he was bleeding. You could see there was a lot of speculation on mine. Was it the pyro? What happened? But there, there was somebody had a vantage point. Somehow he, you know, this guy who's walked out through Gorilla how many times in his life bangs his head, you know, when he's coming out there for the biggest show of the year. He looked a little pissed off from that, so maybe a little bit of bad vibes. This edge act for me personally, it's it's a little bit of a miss, but I do think, Mike, to your point, there's potential there with the priest. Is this, you know, kind of a new brood, and now there's rumors swirling of other people that could join. You know, we could see how that plays out tonight, and in future weeks. So I'm, I'm intrigued by that, but in terms of the match, it was, it was just a little too slow for me. It could have just been the victim of expectations. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just drinking the haterade over here. No, no, no. Great points. Great points, Jordan. Could it be a setup of RK bro versus it's Damian priest type deal. Who knows? I would like to see where they go with it. That's, Okay, you did it. Now what's next? That's what I that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. And outside of the bloodline, I mean, 
people have talked for many years about kind of the fall of factions in WWE and outside of the bloodline that's been true in recent years. So it would just be interesting to see them do something different and mm-hmm. a, a faction with a different vibe, you know, let's see what route are they going? It's, you know, somewhere it's obviously dark. It's somewhere in between the ministry and, and the brood. So it'll be, it'll be interesting uh, to see uh, where they go with it and uh, who else, uh, who else gets involved. Yeah, yeah, very excited about the potential of that faction there. Let's move on to our other celebrity slash announcer match of the night, or matches, I should say, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. So McAfee ends up beating Theory, and then we have the big turn of the night. Vincent Kennedy McMahon gets back in the ring and actually wrestles at, I believe, 76, 77, 78, whatever he is now. Against Pat McAfee and actually beats Pat McAfee. So, your guys take on that whole uh, situation where it started with McAfee versus Theory, and then it devolved into McMahon, and then we had Stone Cold at the end. <laughs> Joy, you take this one first, brother. You take. This I mean, one much like the Knoxville match, but in a different way. Completely absurd, but in the best way possible. At least for me. I mean, if you're gonna have Vince McMahon out there in the in the tank top. You know, sh- showing off his 76-year-old <laughs> biceps to the world. You're just waiting. We, I was just waiting. I'm like, we're going to get Stone Cold back. Because you can't have the evil Mr. McMahon and Stone Cold in the same building and not have a confrontation there. And say what you want about the horrible-looking stunner. It looked horrible last night. It looked horrible when he took a stunner 20 years ago. Too. 1997. So yeah, exactly. Gosh, 20, 25 years now. So not much has changed. Honestly, if he would have if he would have taken it well, I think it wouldn't have been right. So he had to take it awkward and horrible. What Austin Theory with maybe the best best stunner cell of all time instantly up there with, with the, the rock, rock and, yep. and, and and Stone Cold. And then you had, you know, just 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 moments of uh back if he swigging the beer while he's down and out on the on the ground on the outside i thought and i thought um michael cole who gets uh a lot of criticism i thought he was really uh a lot of fun during that match on commentary you could tell he must have a strong relationship with that and he was kind of genuinely marking out for his buddy there and once again with with a pat mcafee kind of similar i mean kind of a quasi celebrity match right he's very well known outside the wrestling circle but he's there every week um but you can just see this is a guy who loves it. He grew up a fan and, you know, he made magic happen way, way better than he had any business doing. Um, another another set of great moments for me. All right, Jordan, man, you switch the sides because now I'm drinking the haterade, bro. <laughs> for me personally, the match was too long. The interest for Pat McAfee was longer than the New Day match. That's upsetting. <laughs> they could have cut that. I, 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 between him and Austin Theory, it was good. It didn't need to be that long. I like, I, I like old school Vince coming out. I did like that. It brought back the the no chance in hell vibes with Vince walking with the head bobble. It's just you know, for me, for me personally. Austin saved that entire thing. Um, and, and, and it's kind of like what Mike was saying earlier. I think Austin kind of like overshadowed McAfee theory 
And then it's like, oh, Vincent Austin again. Yeah, okay. I'm here for that. But these two, it's like, yeah. They could have just had that on SmackDown the night before. Yeah. You know, I think it was funny. As far as the terrible sale of the stunner, I know Vince cannot, he, I, I know all of them have been terrible, but he's in his 70s, you guys. Give him a break when he buckled. <laughs> you could just see Stone Cold just grabbing him for dear life. He's like, oh no, we're in trouble. Because yeah. he's I like mean, bouncing around the room. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. But I, I gotta say, Vince and Stone Cold saved that 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 section of the match. Yeah, I thought McAfee was good. He was fun, but yeah, there were times it fell a little bit flat. But I love the fact that Austin kind of did come out. He he saved it. And I the only regret I have, I wish Austin would have came out two minutes sooner and actually helped McAfee beat Vince instead of Vince going over in that situation. Vince McMahon doesn't need to go over. You know, he, he's Vince. I mean, that's why he always – he's the boss, baby. He always goes over in the end, Mike, whether he wins the match or not. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of ups and downs with that. And then Austin McMahon, you know, you got to love the nostalgia factor. Yeah. Now we've got to our main event, WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns, WWE Champion Brock Lesnar to unify the titles. And, like, I thought it would happen. Roman Reigns is now your new undisputed unified universal champion. We have no choice but to acknowledge him now. (laughs) (laughs) We have no choice but to acknowledge him now. It was fine. It was kind of my reaction. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was great. I was a little disappointed because I thought it was very paint by numbers. I was hoping with it kind of being the we assume kind of the finale to their series of matches and their, their years long rivalry. Now I thought they would maybe take some risks. I mean, if, if there's any time to do it, it's then on the biggest stage possible when you're hyping it as the biggest WrestleMania match of, of all time. And it was very much, you know, it, it was fine. They worked hard, but it was very much, it felt like parts of Brock Roman matches that we've seen before. I would have yes. liked to see just something a little different and new, but it wasn't bad. Um, it was fine. And as you know, I think that the guy who we expected to see and, and quite frankly should have won one. Um, and now it's just kind of a question of with Brock, presumably out of the picture, what, you know, what, what's next for, for Roman and the bloodline, he's beating everybody else. There's a beat, right? So who's okay. next to step up to the plate? Jordan, Dude, me and you got telepathy going on, brother. Me, you, Mike. That's why we do this, brother. Okay. Yeah, we all kind of figured Roman would win. Because you can't have unified titles where neither titles are showcased for weeks at a time. So now what? Okay. Roman won. All right. We acknowledge you all around the world. You're the unified champ. Now what? Now what for him? Now what for Brock? This honestly was a match that I, and I'm stepping out on a limb here, I think they've kind of done to death already. 
because when they fought before, oh, the biggest, the biggest, the big, oh, oh, oh well, th- th- let's use some different words. Like, <laughs> let's, let's figure something else out. All right, Roman. Okay, Brock. Hopefully the feud is over. Kind of like the Dominic Mysterio and Seth feud. Okay, it's over. Now what? Now what? Who is there for Roman to face? Possibly we'll find out tonight. We all know the Raw after Mania is one of the biggest, craziest, whoa, what the WTF moments of the year. So let's see what happens tonight. If nothing really happens tonight, it's kind of, it can go very stale really quick. Yeah, uh, agreed. Because, I mean, he's obviously done tremendous work, but they've kind of done all they can with, with the notes that they have been playing. And I think they're they're kind of ready for a shift and reset. And I think that's, in general, that goes for tonight and SmackDown this week. I thought it was one of the best WrestleManias in years. Um, I, th- I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't think there were necessarily great bell-to-bell classics, but just in terms of fun and spectacle, I thought it was a great weekend, both nights. But like I like I alluded to earlier, okay, now what? You got some momentum. Like, let's build off of that momentum. Let's not just fall back into the old uh, patterns that, that we're used to, you know? So I'm curious to see what they do, you know, this weekend and coming weeks and where they kind of shift directions and – the new rivalries that that pop up in general for Roman and, and for a lot of other people. Uh, agree. Agree. And, and I'm sorry, Mike, I didn't want to cut you off. Agree. I don't want them to do something silly like, all right, tonight, Cody versus Roman and they unify it. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't do that. Not that fast. I, I, I want to see some development. That's the thing. I want to see some character development. I want to see some growth. I want to see some different outcomes when it comes to Ron SmackDown. Are they going to do different belts? Are they just going to do one big belt now? What are they going to do? I don't want the, you know, the two, I got two belts. You know, it's I'm looking forward to some change. I know we've talked very little about AEW tonight. AEW, granted their storylines are not the best, their character development, and their in-ring talent, phenomenal. You can always hire better writers to to big up the story, but you got some solid workers. Roman has ran through everyone. You got a new face coming in. Who knows who's coming in tonight? Let's do something different. Let's get away from the the brick-and-mortar blueprint. Let's do something different and go from there. Yeah, to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, and I'll get to that in just a second. But yeah, we do need to find out what's next for Roman. Obviously, Brock probably out of the picture for a while. He's going to take his vacation back in Saskatchewan or whatever on the ranch with Sable, and he's going to have some fun up there. But Roman Reigns, I think you mentioned it. You mentioned Cody. That's a name I think they could run with at some point, but let's not hotshot it. Maybe we can tease it a little bit tonight, not hotshot it. Build it up over time. I mean, Cody's already got a great story to tell. But I think over the next year or so, if you build Cody up to the point where he could be the challenger for Roman Reigns, I think he will make himself big time. He'll he'll cinch his spot in the Hall of Fame and win that title from Roman. I think that would be an awesome story. Agree. Agree. 
but but Jordan said it earlier, and 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 Jordan, you are definitely a scholar, brother. They have a tendency to do things too quick, and then it's like, oh well. All right, he won the world championship and then lost it, but now he's the twenty four seven champ. Yay! <laughs> you know, it's 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 that. Like, don't don't convolute the storyline with random silliness. You know, build Cody up, build some hell, build Ricochet up. I would love to see that. You know, they have a lot of unused. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm, is Tommaso coming up to the main roster? Possibly. Do something with him. You know, build up Owens. Build up AJ. Build up some people that we have and make them grow into something bigger, better, make a better storyline. This is where we, uh, we risk uh, slamming our head against the wall because it's the question we seem to ask every year when – and like I said, I think this was one of the best WrestleManias in years, but that's because the whole year, everything is in service of this show. It's about building these, the, you know, these people and the, these celebrities that, um, you know, are the focus this weekend. But then, you know, what happens the rest of the year? You know, there's plenty of momentum. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of opportunity. Can you build and be consistent and, and make things interesting on a, on a weekly basis, I'm not going to get my hopes up too high, but they do have, they have momentum and they have opportunity. And I think just from the, the sentiment that I was seeing, that's probably the most kind of unanimous positivity I've seen in reaction to a WWE show in a long time. I mean, just think back to a couple months ago and we were talking the rumble, that was not the sentiment around, around the rumble. So, you know, that, that yeah. they did a great job this weekend. What's next? Can they take it to a next level, or do we just slip back into the usual? Oh, this happened on Raw. This happened on SmackDown. It was fine, but missable. You know, do they give us something must see? Um, and I think I think they have that at least one night with Cody on Raw. But we'll see where they go after that. And this is where I petition Triple H, Vince, Bruce. I know you watch Windy City Slam. We know this. We know you tune in. You need to hire Mike, Jordan, and myself. We 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 need to do this. We 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 gotta grow. We gotta grow. We gotta grow. We have to. <laughs> uh, Jordan's been there, done that with the WWE infrastructure a little bit before. So I'm not sure if he wants to go back or not. Hey, I appreciate I appreciate the agent team though. Yeah, it's good to it's good to have a hype man. It's good to have a hype man. Hey, so. three heads are better than one, baby. You yeah. know it. Three heads are better than one. All right, before we let you guys go now, uh, Phil, in a few weeks, yes. we have AHW3 Spring Reckoning coming up to North Chicago on May the 1st, and you're going to be a big part of that, as usual, as the voice of violence for AHW. Now, tell fans a little bit about what to expect on that show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, if you are tuning into Windy City Slam right now, if you're not, you're listening out but you need to tune in right now i am the voice of violence spring reckoning may 1st we are going live and in action may 1st north chicago paris banquet hall we bring the realest the best indie wrestlers in the area to your town we have the foley brothers we have gunner we have flips the vape guy we have so many other talents that i'm not even going to mention right now you need to come to the show and find out we are giving tickets to windy city slam 
the man, the myth, the legend. The reason why we're here right now, Mike, we're giving him two free tickets for him to raffle off to the fans of Wendy City Slam. This is what we do, people. I am the voice of violence, and I'm being very calm right now. Because I, hey, you know, hey, hey, I'm a lovable guy. We want you guys to come out. If you love wrestling, if you want to see talent before they get big, and I mean huge, phenomenally huge, while they are cutting their teeth doing what they do, May 1st, Spring Reckoning, Paris Banquet Hall, North Chicago, Illinois. Contact me, contact Mike for ticket information and or follow All Heel Wrestling on all social media platforms, even MySpace. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, what we will do is once we get all the ticket information squared away, we will uh, probably go on our social media at Windy City Slam and provide details on how our listeners and our fans can get their hands on those two tickets to Spring Reckoning on May the 1st. And again, before we let you guys go, any plugs for yourself, either Jordan or Phil, social media, whatever. Jordan, you go first, brother. It's it's tough to follow that act, man. I know you're you're <laughs> you're barking at uh at Bruce and, and Vince. They might have to just put you in a manager spot and 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 give somebody a, a mouthpiece. I don't I don't know. That's a tough act to follow. Just uh, follow me on Twitter at Jordan Garrettson, and uh, you know this is a blast. So just. Thanks to Mike. Thanks to Phil. Super fun last time. Fun again this time. Let's do it again. All right. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Uh, I am Phil Meyer Sr. Can't knock the great one. The voice of violence. No chill with Phil. Follow me on all social media platforms. Follow All Heel Wrestling. Follow Windy City Slam, people. Follow Mike. Follow Mike. Mike is, Mike is like a Shakespearean wrestling god entity. Follow Wendy City Slam, people. This guy, this guy is everywhere, anywhere, anywhere, everywhere wrestling is taking place. He's there. He's there. Follow Wendy City Slam, you guys. Um, again, uh, Spring Reckoning for All Hill Wrestling, May 1st. Tickets are available now. Mike, thank you, brother, so much for allowing me to be back on your show. Jordan, thank you for allowing me to share the stage with you, brother. It's always a blast. All right, fellas. Thanks so much, Jordan and Phil. Well, that was a supersized episode of Windy City Slam podcast. So glad to have Phil and Jordan join us once again to recap the most stupendous two-night event in sports entertainment, WrestleMania 38. It was a great time with those fellas, and maybe we'll do it again down the line sometime. All right. On next week's episode of Windy City Slam podcast, we're going to go back to a little bit more of a local focus including a preview of the big New Japan show, Windy City Riot, coming to the Chicago area on April 16th. Plus, we have some things in the works for some guests, but we haven't confirmed anything just yet, so stay tuned for that. You're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.